Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. 
Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thought, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, you know, I'm pleased to be here with you to have the opportunity to talk about the kind of things that impact our lives now and in the future. It is important that we have discussions and conversations so that we can develop uh, our mindset and our direction and make sure that we are ready and able to share with the world the direction we feel our country should go in. We find ourselves in a, a particular weird situation where the world seems to be going uh, through some growing pains. And we have to recognize that people just don't seem prepared or ready uh, to fight back against some of the old interests or old beliefs that people have regarding uh, decency and honesty and standing upright. Uh, the, the song that I play about you have to stand for something, you know, and, and we have in the highest levels who just don't seem capable of uh, allowing their words to speak for them. Uh, we have a man in the White House who 
nobody trusts. Uh, he says things that are difficult for anybody to believe. And we are just fighting for the right to upright our country. Uh, we are just dealing with a chaotic situation, find ourselves with the possibility of going to war in Syria. And uh, there may be a particular good reason to go to war in Syria, but we just have no great leadership at the helm right now. And so the fact that we don't have great leadership puts us in a perilous situation because we're not sure what kind of direction our leader wants to take us and whether he has the moral ability to do the right thing with putting in a cell at odds about what are we doing and why are we doing it. And can we trust the people who are there making the decisions? So I just want to say to you today, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I want you to feel free and comfortable uh, to change the direction of the conversation. If there's something that you want to discuss that you've heard, there's so much in in the news today. And uh, we just have to be in the right place to do the right thing and talk about all that needs to be discussed. Cheryl, how are you doing this evening? And uh, what, what's on your mind, Cheryl? You know, I I, I I was talking about that. We seem to be ready and prepared to make a decision about whether or not we need to respond to the evilness, evilness of Syria. Uh, but do we have the right leadership in place? Good evening, and how is everybody doing, and how are you doing today, James? Good evening, Cheryl. Oh, good evening, Pastor Smith. <laughs> um, you know, I don't even, you know, I, I'm so afraid when Donald Trump opened up his mouth because we never know what's going to come out. And most of the time, whatever comes out is never, never positive. Uh, it would not be what we would think that a president would say. Even if he could really avoid, I mean, he don't have it even mastered down to, you know, like most lawyers, most politicians, never really answer the questions. They go all around it. I mean, he don't even do that. So in this in this case, I must say that I think we probably be a whole lot safer with him not saying nothing. And I know that's not a good thing because I know that there should be a response, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> and you know, Cheryl, we want to be the moral uh we want to be the moral person or the moral country to stand up on morals and rights and wrongs and things of that nature. 
But this man has created an environment where even his you know, other countries are using it now. Here you got Russia talking about fake news and, and all this foolishness. And so, you know, now it leads you to wonder what's going on. Uh, you know, I want to believe in my government, Reverend Smith. I want to believe that I can wake up in the morning and my government tells me something and I can believe on believe them and give them the the confidence uh, to go ahead and move and act on the things that they would share with me. But it is obvious to me that, you know, you can't, I, I can't just give my country the confidence that I used to be able to give it. When 9-11 happened, I was not hearing any of that conspiracy stuff. I wanted to just believe that what took place uh, was something my country didn't know was going to happen. Uh, they were caught with their pants down, and we needed to respond. And so uh, it, it has gotten to the place now that I, I question my loyalty to my government. And to me, that does not seem like a good place to be as an American citizen. Well, good evening to each and every one of you. You're right, James, it's in so many ways. Uh, I don't trust Congress. I trust the government. I don't trust Congress and the Senate. I don't. I just don't because all politicians, the workers are very good workers, but they have to keep their jobs, and sometimes they go a little bit beyond in order to uh, <clears throat> take the situation up for their employer. It's very difficult to trust anyone who lies as much as Donald Trump lies. Um, and one thing that I'm very disappointed about is why isn't it that the news itself is not saying, is not actually telling the whole story? The last time that we bombed, uh, sent the missiles over there to Syria, Donald Trump called Putin and told Putin what area he, that the missiles were going to strike. They told, he told them the area so that they could pull their personnel out of that area and Syria. Only thing that the, the missiles did was strike the runway of, a, uh, uh, of an airport. Okay, and but before that, and not even a plane, not even any planes at all, you know, and this is how they're spreading this gas. So if you're going to call your adversary, and tell him that you're coming to his house. Don't you know he's going to be waiting on you? Okay? It's sad that no one is talking about that now. Now we're probably going to go over there and do a whole lot of bombing and killing of innocent people now. And none of the Russians and the people that ought to go, like Assad, is going to get hurt. They're not going to get hurt. A lot of innocent even some of the young soldiers who probably don't have a choice in fighting, they're going to die. Some of our men are going to die if this thing escalates any greater than it's already getting to the point of doing. 
And so I'm saying that I have no confidence in our Congress. No one, no one up there in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party right now is saying too much of anything about any of this. Where are the leaders? Where is Pelosi and Schumer? Where is uh, Paul Paul Rhymes? And where is McCormick? You know that that's that's what I'm saying. I, it's almost like this man has totally dissipated Washington D.C. into one fashion, and that's his fashion, whatever he chooses to do. And it's all about him. He loves the idea of staying in the news, and we are accommodating him because this is. Look at what happened when he called Roxanne. And look at the ratings that this lady got. This tells us how many sick people we have here in this country. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anymore. All I can do is back up and do what I always said I was going to do. It's up to God. God got this. I know he has. There's a purpose and a reason why we are going through what we are going through. And if we, if we, we as blacks, we don't really, we shouldn't really even be talking about nothing because we, we're, we, we're just as bad as, as he is, per se. I'm serious. That's the way I feel. It, it's, it's sad to see how we're acting as a, as a community of black people. I'm finished. Well, Reverend Smith, let me just say to you that I think you are absolutely right. I think they have changed the narrative on how weak he responded uh, on Syria and the gas the first time and how easily they were able to overcome uh, the bombing that he did because it did it did very little or no damage uh, to the runway. Or uh, I was told within hours, the runway was back up and working. So he, he, he didn't fine. do anything. And he's shown that he doesn't want to do anything uh, major related to Putin. He, uh, you know, we're at the same place when he called him and congratulate him. God, how can you congratulate somebody on winning something that everybody knew he was going to win in the first place? That there was no con- nobody up against him uh, that could win other than him. And so, you know, when you're talking about these kind of regimes, uh, you don't you don't congratulate somebody on something that is already determined before the process even starts. And so it's well, obvious Jane. that we have to keep saying what it is needed to be said because these people are trying to hoodwink America. That's right. And that's where we're headed, James. We seem to be headed in that same direction. By allowing this man, and and I I still believe, I still say it with all of my heart, soul, and mind, that it's God. Uh, But we are actually uh, allowing, God saying, you all going to sit back and watch this. God allows things to happen. And so we are sitting back as we the people, and we're sitting back here, and all of those people out there that are all with all of this hatred and foolishness within them, they are actually a minority, but they have taken control of the majority's position. So we're just lost. I, I, until God changes his mind and do something, if we don't pray hard enough, 
it, it's going. We 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 haven't seen anything yet. I just believe that. I believe that as well. Andre, uh, I see you on the line. What 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 is it that I, I don't want to uh, point you in any one direction? What what is your thoughts related to what you see? Uh, the quietness in our government, the lack of leadership, uh, the lack of uh, the the Congress and the Senate uh, to uh, give President Trump some direction where he seems like he is just bound and determined uh, to do what he wants to do when he wants to. Yeah, well, marvelous Monday to everyone, and uh, to answer your question, Jason, it's disappointing. And that's why I've said uh, a few shows ago when we were talking on, on the same similar topic, is that it's hard to distinguish one party from another. So we we should find ourselves not necessarily being aligned with a particular party, but only aligned with people that really want to take action and represent our views and our best interests. But that takes us being active and making sure that we are electing the right people that will stand up. Because unfortunately, right now, we are experiencing too many things at at one time. Um, you know, we can jump from subject to subject, and all of it is at a, a height, a level of awareness and action needs to be taken. Because what bothers me is that our black brothers and sisters are just being killed. And no reason and unjustified, and yet people are not crying out, and it's it's being, you know, we're talking about it, but it's not forced action. And uh, to your point, like you said, when it when it comes to all the different scenarios in which President Trump finds himself in, each opportunity he's swinging his way out of it, and no one is holding him accountable. So. To answer your question, is very disappointing, and uh, we have to move from being disappointed into taking actions to where we show that we're fed up with it, but we've had enough. But until we have enough uh, and the Lord don't do anything differently, we're going to experience more of the same. One of the things that I, I see and recognize is, is as a country, we have not decided uh, to act or to let our government know how unhappy we are. When you look at how people responded uh, to the Vietnam War and how they dealt with uh, issues related to their unhappiness, uh, it it seems like we were more of a country ready and prepared uh, to deal with the decisions that we didn't appreciate or like. Uh, related to our government And we have to get back to the place Where our government Hears us speak with one voice uh, Right now uh, there We seem to be too, too segmented To speak with one voice And the one voice That is speaking right now uh, Seems to be Galvanized around Donald Trump And his shenanigans uh, We don't have uh, a movement prepared and ready uh, to push him aside. And at some point, we need to make that happen. Cheryl, we just seem not to be prepared to to let him know that we're not happy with him and the direction that he's taking us in. Well, I think that's 
I mean, who is going to be the person that's going to let him know that? Amen. I mean, we all on the local level talking about it, but where it really matters and where it filters on up, who's going to actually be the person? Amen. And that's the, that's the thing that I've been wondering, you know, where there's more power and strength there. Everybody just ready to do just whatever you want to do. And we just, we just, without trying to keep our head above the water, just trying to survive all of this foolishness that's going on. So it doesn't seem that anybody is willing to come up enough. Uh, we don't have a movement going on strong enough to make a difference right now or to do anything. All we are doing is having conversations. Um, people are being fired left and right for saying how they feel. Um, I don't even think that they want to even breathe hard because they feel like their jobs are at jeopardy when it comes to them. So at this point, who actually and what group and how do we get, we take a stand for what's going on? But I would like to be a part of that, but I mean, even know where to begin. So I'm gonna listen some more. And Cheryl, I, <laughs> I have to tell you, I have to tell you, and I I want all of you to respond to this. As strong as I think Barack Obama was, and how honestly he really wanted to make a difference in our country, he had people he had to fight every step of the way. You know, it, it, uh, he was at odds with the Republican Party. He was at odds with Fox News and all the news stations. And he, so, but here we have a person who is allowed to just uh, make fools of us and is allowed to tell us things that we know aren't true. Uh, but he isn't called on it. It is just amazing to me that this man has uh, taken us through these uh, changes in such a public fashion, Reverend Smith. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, James. Barack Obama didn't have the opportunity. He was he was uh, basically shut down from the day that he was elected until the day he left the, left the White House. But there was one thing about it: there was the, the the Senate and the Congress was constantly running off at the mouth, constantly, always putting something roadblocks in his way. Right now. And, and Democrats and Republicans were just as bad. And right now, right now, the same identical thing is happening, but it's reversed. They are allowing this man to say and do anything that he chooses to do, the Republicans and the Democrats. It's almost like he has them uh, uh, under a spell of some sort, which I don't believe in, but it is. It's like this, it, it, they are afraid it's money. Like we were saying on the show the other night, 
it's it's money. Money talks and bull walks, okay? And and it's a sad commentary that because a person and that's why God said hardly a rich man shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Because we as individuals, we are allowing these things and we can't do that much about it like uh, Cheryl was saying because we are the little folks. You can say what you want to say until your only thing you can do is stick a vote out there and vote when it's your time to vote. And and that will make a difference. You can help people to get to the voting booths and all kind of stuff like that. But I've noticed also, and you all have noticed the same thing, those people go to Washington with all of the greatest intentions in the world. But those old fuddy-duddies up there, they get their hands on them, and they steer them in a, hey, if you want to do this or you want to do that or you want something for your constituents, you better do it my way or our way. And so it, it, we're, we're, just, we're just messed up. We are actually messed up. Washington is messed up, period. And until something happens, I, I, I know, I, I, don't, I don't believe God is going to intervene right now because he wants to see what we are going to do as a, as a, as a, a body of individuals. I know the church is not going to do anything because we already see what the church is doing. Not you, we all talk about the Angelicals, but guarantee you, folks, I know some churches right now Black churches that voted for this man, okay, and I was literally shocked when I heard these things and found them out to be true. It's sad how how we think all because of abortion, as if that's the only thing in the world is abortion. Okay, so we we're just messed up. We are we we are totally messed up. And how do we get out of this? I've been praying, God, please show me the way. I'm serious. And I know there is a way. God never put us through anything that he won't help us to go through. But there is a way. I don't know what it is yet. I can't say. But I'm sick of it. I'm tired of listening to his rhetoric, his foolishness, and the news people who I think they're all in cahoots with it together, myself. And, you know, Reverend, one of the things that I, I find difficult to understand is is that for a the GOP that is supposed to be the party of family values uh, seems to be silent. All the things that are taking place around this man. Uh, none of these uh, men are standing up and uh, speaking in a voice that says his behavior is unacceptable. Uh, they seem to think that it's okay to let his lawyers go about their way doing things that we know are unacceptable uh, by law. And, you know, for this man to, to speak and suggest that his lawyer, who is not a multimillionaire, made a payment to a woman of $130,000 without his knowledge and without knowing how he was going to get his money back. 
you know, I, I I just don't like being disrespected and made to be stupid. And uh, it seems like there's a segment of the American uh, citizen, a white America, who don't mind looking the other way and putting their head in the dirt and say, if I don't see nothing, I don't have to say nothing. And even if they say something, they see it, James, they're not going to say anything because you you spoke it yourself, money, 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 money. It is a, it is a thing in our country that if you got plenty of money, you can do anything you want to do. And until the news people stop being afraid themselves, they call him a liar, yes, they say certain things, but there's a lot of questions that they could still ask. Sometimes I, I say, why don't they ask him about that or this or whatever? But nobody ever asked that question, these questions. It's almost like they are afraid that they're going to be ostracized or not let into the press conferences or whatever. I don't know what it is. But there's, there's a movement going on underhandedly in this country that is really sad. It's really sad. And there's something, if these children don't do it, it's not going to get done. I'm telling you that right now. These children are not going to stop. We might as well go right on and get in with them because they are not going to stop. They are planning more rallies right now. And it's going to be powerful. But as far as the grown-ups are concerned, we, we, we've been brainwashed or whatever. We, we're not going to move. We're not going to move. So I'm just, I, I don't know what the answer to the question. I'm, I'm serious, but it is bothering me, and I pray about it so much, and I don't know. I just ask. And then I turn around and pray for him. I have to because that's the way it's supposed to be. It's a hard thing to do, and I tell God that too. Lord, I don't want it, but I got to pray. I got to pray for him. I got to pray for him because and, you and, and I don't see anything, uh, Reverend Smith. I don't see anything wrong with praying for somebody who is obviously uh, misled and has the wrong focus. Uh, I don't. I I think that this man is dishonest because of his, you know, God told us how difficult it is to be a rich and powerful man and keep your moral values uh, intact. This man has never had to be honest. This man has always displayed a despicable trait. You know, when you think about somebody you think about you and I, I don't make a, a false person to talk on the phone for me. Uh, this man uh, has publicly shown he talks to the public or to uh, reporters in a third person. And that tells right. you how disciplined his morals are. And he don't lie yeah. about the fact that he did that. And so this man is just going through his life doing things that suggest that he has a very low moral compass. Uh, you know, and, and so we are faced with dealing with that, and you have to pray that maybe like Saul, he'll turn around and be different. 
So, uh, Regina, we, we're talking about somebody who that white America selected, white America sees who he is for what he is, and that they have just chosen someone of poor character to lead our nation. Okay, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yes, I'm here. I I heard what you were saying, and I I, I you made a statement. What what are you saying about it? I'm just saying that we have to, like Reverend Smith says, pray for him, like Saul, who was who was uh, a despicable individual. Somebody prayed for him, and God made him change his heart. But this man on his own will not change because that is who he is. And so right now America is being faced to deal with him, and uh, people like you and I are hoping that a movement or something will happen to either derail him or create a different him as, as was has been done in history. This man is who he is. When he said to those those reporters on TV, I have no idea why he paid that money for me. You know what I'm saying? I would have been, Reverend Smith, if you paid somebody yeah. to lie that they didn't do something for me, and I know I wasn't a part of it, I would have your head and their head. You understand? You don't pay well, nobody well, nothing for me if I know I ain't did nothing. Okay, well, James. Okay, now, 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 let's 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 back up a little bit and calm down, because when we when we get when we get excited, we stop thinking straight. All of this that I'm going to say is my opinion, and you know, opinions are all over. Everybody got one. First of all, white America did not was did not was not the only group who played a part in Trump being in office. The That's lack right. of our going to the polls played a very strong part of him being in office. One, that's the first thing. I may put, I'm getting old, so I may forget everything else. Two, <laughs> Trump is able to do what he does because we do not pay attention to the elections that are closest to Hallelujah. us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those elections that are closest to us affect us the most. And instead of it raining down, rains up. So if we mess up at school board level, one hand mm. washing another, we're going to mess up at county council, city council level, mayor, house of representatives, senate, in the state, and all yeah. these other little entities that stand out from each of those groups. Because you're not just looking. We just had a House of Representatives um, 
to go to meet with some voters at a restaurant, and he pulled out his loaded pistol, put it on the table, and said, pistols do not kill people. What made him think he could do that? Okay, here are the spokes that are coming out from him. Here are the the different, you know, like you're on a, a platform. So the NRA that's supporting him, that right now he's getting ready to be sued, those NRA lawyers are already there to, to, to carry his case. So that's how things go out. Now, remember, we put him in office because we did not go out and vote enough to not put him in office. And this is the state level. So that's how that's going. The other thing, I talked to you all yesterday, these young folk, they're going to do it, whether they sure. are right or whether they are wrong. They're sure. going to get out there and do it. Now, right yeah. now, and, and, and um, Cheryl helped me tremendously, and I hope she's on the line tonight because I did look at the young lady who was running. She has the passion, but she does not have the finesse to run for office. She can't represent Mm -hmm. me. But we need to train her to have the finesse. I had the passion, but I didn't have the finesse. I had to be trained. We Mm -hmm. have a young man who's running who has the passion and he has the finesse. He's running in another district. So I'm going to support him and make sure he gets into office to the best of my ability. This young lady, I'm going to support her, let her know that I'm in favor of her passion, but I'm not going to support her enough that she, that my supporting her would help her to win because she's, she's not quite smooth enough yet. So these young, but they are millennials. And they're going to do it. So we've got to support them. Trump is, and the last thing I'm going to say, Trump is laughing. I keep telling y'all this. One day Trump is going to say, you all were dumb enough to leave me up there for all that long time. Trump's going to say, I was just in y'all. And showing you, proving to you all how crazy and slack you all are. You think he's not laughing at us? Every day. He's laughing. So that's it. Those are my, my points on this. Every day. I, I sit in in amazement of how this man talks to to white America. And uh, I recognize that he's saying it was just not white America. But I'm sorry, I, I, I full-fledged put it on white America. Because I'm saying to you, never in my life did I see a man, you know, who praises his own pawn in such a fashion. When a man, I question any man, when a man says to me, I'm smarter than most men. I'm better and smarter than, than, the, uh, than the people who, who are the generals. I'm, right. I'm better and great. You know, see, see to me, 
that's when I started looking at you and trying to look in the chinks in your armor. Smart man don't have to tell you he's smart. You understand? Barack Obama didn't have to tell you one time that he was smart. Every time we listened to him and he brought us in close to hear his words, we knew he was smart. Michelle didn't have to tell you she was smart. Every time she talked, you heard how intelligent she was, how she completed her sentences. She didn't have to tell you she was smart. She went to one of the best schools in the country. And so did uh, uh, Barack Obama. Okay? And so, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton didn't have to tell me she was smart. She had, she had everything she did to you that she was smart. Okay? So the people who are smart uh, don't have to tell you. When you look at them and watch them, you can tell they know more than most people. Okay? Uh, Bush didn't have to tell you he had, he had some issues. You know he he was he was drunk. He was he was alcoholic. He 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 got paid for being somewhere where he never went. He didn't have to tell you he had some issues. I don't know why we have to question when this man be telling us how great he is and how he's gonna be the greatest leader, the best president. When people tell you stuff like that, you have to question them. This man has nothing, nothing in his background or his pedigree that suggests he should be president. Cheryl, so I am amazed that white America did what they did, and I don't know when or where we'll get out of this mess, but I'll be glad we have it. And yet oh, we put him in. You can go ahead because Cheryl? I I just I'm I'm here, but I wanted to apologize because I had to move away from the phone for a minute, and I really, really is that was was that Joyce that said? Um, I really wanted to hear what she had to say. I'm <laughs> but um, that's, that's Regina. Go ahead, Regina. That was Regina. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I said, and yet we put him in. Yeah, and yet but I we was, put yeah. him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. We had so little faith in what we could do. We put him in by not going. We didn't believe in ourselves. We didn't believe we could keep him out as well as put him in. Well, we better show up and stand up in the midterm or stop. We're going to have four more years of this crazy. If we don't stand up in the midterm and, and make ourselves heard, we're going to be four more years of this fool. And, uh, I mean, well, two more years of this foolishness. And so we we better stand up. When that song says you got to stand up for something, it is time now for us to show and some of it, I believe we are. Don't get me wrong. It's obvious to me there's something going on because every major race that has taken place thus far, Virginia, uh, Alabama, 
Ohio, uh, we knocking them down. So, you know, he he, he better see that it's coming. Now, I, I, I'm taking a lot of, of uh, understanding or belief in our country. Every time another pin falls, it suggests to me that we finna roll over some people. And I hope there are some new young <laughs> New young people ready, prepared to run for office uh, to take this man down and be ready to knock his head off come uh, uh, the, the, this fall. Did you all see what happened in Atlanta? Huh? Did you see what happened in Atlanta? No, what happened, no. Regina? The new mayor... Her last name is, oh, gosh, it's an odd name, Balmer. Um, look, just somebody Google quickly the mayor of Atlanta. She has requested the resignation of everyone in her cabinet. She was elected in December, and she one person said that he, that he or she committed to working for her for 100 days to get her acclimated to the office and that she was going to, um, you know, she agreed that she would would go back into private sector. Well, she um, requested their resignations today, and she well, will, dis- the mayor of Atlanta, young black girl. Yeah. Her name is Keisha. Lance Bottom asked Bottom. Cabinet mm-hmm. to re- to resign. And they're supposed to submit those resignations. What was her problem with the, their their performance? So why is she asking for their resignation? She's new. And I guess she wants to make sure that the people She's going to decide whether or not she's going to accept their resignation. She's going to look at how they've been performing, if she feels that they are loyal to her, and if she accepts their resignation, then they will, you know, have to look for new employment. They work at the sole discretion of the mayor. And oddly enough, my childhood friend is the chief financial officer there. And his mom just gave me his information yesterday. She kept telling me to give him a call. I didn't know why. And then this happened today. And he's out of town. He's at, he's at Harvard for a six-week program. Hmm. But that's a millennial. Well, They're you know not afraid that- to make changes. She was up against some stiff competition because there was a white female uh, that was running as well, and uh, she seemed to have been doing well in the polls. So I'm glad to see that the black female did win, and uh, I'm hoping that she makes some major changes in Atlanta. I mean, I've always loved Atlanta and how progressive they were, and we need to get progressive. We need to get progressive across the country in terms of our big cities and uh, and take control of our big cities and do what is necessary 
uh, to help our young people uh, find their way. Here in a lot here in Orlando, we have not gotten strong enough to get uh, to elect a a a black uh, mayor, but we look like we may be strong enough to elect a black city uh, a black county mayor uh, who is running named Jerry Dimmings. Uh, Jerry Dimmings was our first black police chief. Uh, his wife is now uh, in the the Congress. She is the first. I mean, she was the uh, first black woman uh, police chief, and he went on to be the sheriff and has been the sheriff for many years. So we're looking at him possibly taking over the county mayorship. Uh, so we're doing some things here in Orlando, but we need to do the same thing around the country and uh, dictate or demand an opportunity to play a role in the direction of our city government. Uh, Reverend Smith, have you ever met uh, Jerry Dimmings? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Jerry Dimmings. I know his wife, Val, and every, all of them. Because uh, <laughs> being, a, being a, a member of the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, yeah, I met them all. Mm-hmm. Very nice people. Very nice people. Um, I don't see Jerry beating uh, anyone for the mayoral position here in Orlando right now. We as blacks, like you said, are not strong enough because we have to deal with a two segment of individuals who are here. That's the Caucasians and the Latinos. And um, uh, most of the Latinos here in the Central Florida area believe that they are Caucasian anyway. So that's what we are going to be up against if Jerry decides he wants to run in the cap Orange County. Um, I know if he if if, if he ran in Osceola County, only thing in Osceola County going to win from now on is a, a Latino because. About 60 or 70% of the people here in Osceola County now is Latino. So it, it's getting that way, same as it is in Miami. So I, all, I, all I can say for Jerry is uh, if he can make it back to do sheriff again, go back to do a sheriff and leave the politics out of it. You know, uh, I just don't – I guess they got a thing that they want to do be uh, in politics, but – if I was him, I'd leave it and just stay right where I am if I could. I really would. I wouldn't go to try to run for mayor because he's not going to make it. He's not going to make mayor. They are not ready for that here yet. And I don't think if we blacks, but the blacks are not going to get up off their behind and go vote. They talk a good game in the churches and everywhere else, but they let the same people come in there and talk them out of it as they do anywhere else. So, well, I'm hoping that he he does have some crossover uh, some crossover ability, and that uh, I look forward to seeing him continue to be successful. He's done an awesome job as police chief uh, here in Orlando. He did an awesome job as as uh, 
and sure. share. Yeah. And I'd like yeah. him to continue to do the work. I'd like to. We would both like for him to, James, but I'm just being realistic. Uh, he may win. I don't know, but I, I don't, I don't see it. Not right now. But you never know. All right, we're going to take a short. We're going to take a short break and come back and continue our conversation. You know I love music, and every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun, but it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. We want you to call into the show at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear. You have to be part of the solution and call in and talk about the direction you want our country to go in or not you're part of the problem. It's time for us to be able to stand up. And those of us who are the common citizens have to have a vehicle to do that. We're tired of other people talking for us. We have to talk for us. How was it possible that a female was able to win the governor of South Carolina? Uh, uh, she, you, you have Nikki Haley. Yeah, I'm just talking about, you know, we're talking about mm-hmm. how, uh, those people who have normally not been selected, how did she do it so that we can recreate that across the nation? I mean, I'm really surprised. Uh, I'm not a, you know, my family goes back to South Carolina and I graduated from South Carolina State University. Uh, I never would have thought that a female would have, at this point in time, been elected for governor of South Carolina. She was very shrewd. Uh, she she was working, you know, under the radar in politics, and she garnered the voting of women. She um, tapped into, I'm a woman who came from meager beginnings. I've worked my way up. I have two children. I'm a mother. Uh, she even tapped into Hillary Clinton at that time, and Hillary was was what Secretary of State for the for the United States. So she pulled all of those, all of those um, cords. And and she won. Oddly enough, now she and Hillary Clinton are not friends at all. But it, it helped her to be to become to become governor. Well, she definitely has a presence uh, now that she's uh, a part of uh, uh, Donald Trump's team at the uh, United Nations. Uh, I have to say that. She is not quiet. Uh, she is uh, on the forefront, and she's making her voice heard up there. Uh, You're right. I've heard that. I've I, I thought the same thing. And oddly enough, she will call him on his dirt, and he doesn't say anything to her. Well, she definitely seems to be a person who uh, is uh, willing to make her voice heard. Um, Cheryl, let me ask you. You know, we we you know we you're always talking about working in uh, in our inner cities and working uh, locally for office. We we got to we have to start making some things happen. Good uh, Americans and people of color have to step up to the plate. Uh, We got to do more than just sit at home and uh, 
and and be happy with what we are individually doing, we got to have to start making some things happen. You know, we do. And I, um, like I said, I've been um, reaching out to the local, local churches. Um, when I went out of town, I reached out to the churches there. I reached out to the people there, you know, talking to them how important um, it is that we come together, how important it is, is to make the church the basis of things that's going on. You just don't want somebody to stand up in the service who's running for office and say a few words, and that's it. We want to be educated on who each individual is and what is actually on those ballots. So we just got a bunch of lazy people, a a bunch of lazy people who all they want to do is complain. Now, with the people that I've been reaching out to, everybody has been doing more, you know, even like when I left town. Um, They're doing things to incorporate um, with having these things done. So it's that I went there to to give the baton and to pass it on, and now they're, they're doing work there. But that's what I'm saying. Each one has to reach out to others because I can only do so much. They can only do so much. So that's why I said, you know, even our listeners, if they would jump on the board and began doing things within their community. And we got to hold these churches accountable. We have to. We can't just accept um, anything from them because without the community, the churches would not exist. So we do. We have to hold them accountable. Um, You know, those are just some of the things. And then I talk to individuals, um, you know, and give them information on the things that I've learned from what goes on on this show. You know, and that's pretty much on a daily basis because people who call me later um, who's getting off from work or, you know, whatever, they want to know. They're interested in knowing what the show was about. So, I mean, I'm passing on the information. And, you know, even though I'm doing what I'm doing, I still feel like it's still not enough. And, you know, sometimes you just feel like you want to kick some of us because it's like when you get up and do something, the, you know, it matters. It matters to our future generation um, that's coming up. We have to support them. We have to back them. You know, and those that are needing our financial help, we have to do things to raise money, to give money, to be able to do that. We can't sit around and complain. So, I mean, it's always something that we can be doing. And even those who are housebound, they can get on the phone and they can make calls. They can make a lot of things happen. So, I mean, you know, that's why I said we got to continue doing things. And I appreciate the show you because know, I am, it always I gives am, us information. I am certainly surprised about the level of commitment that you all have displayed and calling into my show. And I just want others who can be equally as committed to start calling into the show. I mean, we've been here for a while, 
and I am just happy with the fact that there are eight to ten of individuals who have called into this show on the regular who make this show a part of their daily routine. And we got to get more of those who are listening to call in the show and let your voice be heard uh, because we cannot stand by and allow ourselves be inactive. Uh, we got to, we have things that we have to do. Joyce is constantly telling us about how we got to get in the habit of calling our Congress people. And I know I need to do that too. As a uh, retired person, I need to set some time aside to call into these people and I know that I, or I'm not going to be able to talk to them directly, but I should be talking to them and sharing with them my displeasure and the fact that they are allowing Donald Trump to run unchecked. And so we have to just get serious about what we are trying to get accomplished, and we need everybody in the sound of my voice to be on this show and to be ready and prepared to make telephone calls and do what it takes to be successful. Uh, Regina, that's how you create a movement that can't be stopped, is by people taking time out of their lives and devoting it uh, to the movement. Um, Well, you have have certainly done a phenomenal job of getting us devoted to the movement. Now, I'll share with you how how I've been inspired, and what I have not done is what Joyce is encouraging us to do. So just like I was reflecting on my life early today and realizing that my prayer life was not what I wanted it to be, so I'm going to strategically put in my calendar, in my calendar book, so that my prayer life can be stronger. I'm going to strategically put in my book to call. I don't know. I don't necessarily know what the, the issue is that I'm going to call on, but I'm going to call on at least a biweekly basis so that my congressman will know my name. They'll know Regina E. Williams from Columbia, South Carolina, Booker Washington Heights community because I'm going to strategically do it and get my name in their ears. And that's because Joyce has a passion for it, and she's encouraged me to do that. So, James, you are building an army. And I am definitely pleased with your, you all's commitment to me, and that's what keeps me strong. And, Cheryl, it is not, uh, you know, what you're doing is not wasted uh, in terms of people Mm -hmm. paying attention. I just appreciate you and the fact that you are here with me every day, and we're going to make some things happen. I am not going anywhere, and uh, I'm going to continue to push forward and allow people like Joyce and others uh, to to make me uh, uh, make some uh, changes related to how I do business. 
And just like Regina said, we have to let make ourselves known and uh, make it flat out understood that we're not happy the way some people are doing business. And Cheryl inspired me last night and had me to really think about how I was going to move forward because I knew these folks were going to come at me for support. But I had to think, and she gave me food for thought last night. I always think what, you know, I know I can call on Pastor Smith for some real-life thought-provoking answers to questions that I have. What what What's God's answer to this real-life situation? James, you're doing it. Well, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and let everyone uh, give their final word.
Regina, what is your final thought for this evening? Hi, right, Jennifer, are you talking to me? Yeah, what is your final thought for this evening? Just just keep just keep doing what you're doing. All right. Cheryl, your final thought for this evening? Well, you know what I always believe is no matter what we are doing, and even if we think we're doing a lot, we can always do more. Well, I truly appreciate all of you, and you know that uh, it is just important for me to have your continued support and recognize that we got to mount up an army and and make sure that people understand that we're not going to uh, be quiet. Our voices are going to be heard. We're going to make sure people recognize that they can't talk for us because we're going to talk for ourselves. I want you all to be prepared to be here tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in at 657-383-0309 so your voices can be heard loud and clear without interruption. Help your children the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place in their hearts Jesus is love And I know he forever in my heart.